Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Uh, before we get started, Marinella, I talked to you a little bit about this, but I went to the Planned Parenthood. They organized a bunch of bans off our body protests and rallies across the United States. And we had one here in Chicago that I went to on Saturday, which is obviously in support of uh, abortion access in this country. Um, it was, <laughs> what I said to you, I think was, it was really inspiring and empowering to be around these women, but it's kind of still sad that we have to get together like this at all. Yeah. I wish you could party in a different scenario, you know? Yeah. It was interesting. I wasn't sure, uh, you know, like what to expect too much from it, but I would say more than half the people were in their 20s. It was a very young demographic that came out, and there were quite a few men who also came out. In fact, one of the people I went with was a man and a father of a 16-year-old daughter, and she came with us. Mm -hmm. Lots of fun signs. Uh, let me, uh, I'll give you a couple of the yeah. high point signs. I wrote some of them down. And actually, like, I want to give credit to some of the men because I thought some of them had really creative signs. Uh, one of them, <laughs> one of those men was, I wouldn't fuck <laughs> with my wife if I was you. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. And then I saw another man with what I presume are his teenage daughters, and his shirt said, I raised my daughters to think for themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm, yep, yep, yep. Um, another, literally the first three signs I wrote down were all being held by men. So again, kudos. Uh this man wrote, two men making the decision have sexually assaulted women. So like two men on the Supreme Court, meaning Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas. And I'm like, oh, isn't that such an interesting point that they've assaulted women and now want to take women's rights away or at least have harassed women? I'm not sure if Clarence Thomas has been accused of assault, but I mean, probably has. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that's... I, yeah, yeah I'm trying to remember. Anita Hill was a bit, I should know my history better. I can't remember if she accused him of harassment or assault or both. Why not both? <laughs> yeah, harassment's enough yeah. to me, but that's fine. Right. Um. So let's see. One that was like really, you know, like vis like I had a visceral reaction was a young woman who I would guess was 25 at most held up a sign where she basically disclosed her rape. She said she had been raped in October and she's like, had I been pregnant, who would the su Supreme Court have protected me or the, you know, f or, or would they make me carry the baby or like how would she phrase it? Something like carry a baby that's half my rapists like something that was like really like jarring but calling out um exactly what this would do yeah that's that's as real as it gets and if people don't understand that then then i don't understand people but or the supreme court i know people do understand that i think for the most part i think so right and like you know on the one hand i was like how brave of you to like openly disclose this information but then also how sad it is that you have to use 
one of was probably the most traumatic events of your life and like use that to try to just garner some empathy so that women can be seen as human beings you know it's kind Mm -hmm. of sad that like you have to kind of wield it as a psychological tool like you should be able to just heal from your rape however you see fit and not have to like go out there and put it out to the public as a way to try to humanize women yeah it's it's definitely making something that would be private public for for the gain of i guess people that she would want to protect from something like that too so right pretty big of her to pick, make a sign like that totally i saw another woman who held up a sign mentioning she had an atopic pregnancy and that abortion saved her life and again someone mm-hmm. that you know is sharing something personal but having to do it to raise awareness that this is this is what you're going to cause women to do back alley abortions to save their life because of an atopic pregnancy or women to carry their rapist child like you know again just both brave and very sad to me that that's the situation that they find themselves in um let's see i think that was oh the the other sign i saw was this week or this this past week you know there was the i forget what the bill is called i think it's like reproductive rights for women or something or reproductive health for women act um it had passed the House and the Senate put it up to a vote and every single Republican voted against it, including Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat from West Virginia. He was the governor when I was there and I disliked him when I lived there and I still dislike Joe Manchin. Um, But basically that would have like essentially what they say codify Roe v. Wade. So it would have like protected abortion access on the national level. But every... Mm -hmm. Republican vote against it. Um, so someone had a sign. You know how the GOP, they're like the elephant and the yeah. liberals or the donkey yeah. or whatever. So they had a sign that said the elephant in the womb, womb, W-O-M-B. And I was like, oh, clever. Yeah. I mean, you definitely can't ignore the fact that that happens to be Republican majority mm-hmm. trying to get all up in our business. So, yeah fitting yep so um but i will say something else interesting i learned because i felt somewhat helpless in this because our governor in illinois has come out to say he would continue to protect our you know access to abortion so i felt a little like well you know and both of our senators voted to protect a woman's right to abortion so i'm like man there's only so much power i have like these people are already in political office and are already voting the way I would want them to vote on these issues. Uh, But some of the speakers there discussed how every state around Illinois has some level of trigger law that would either fully ban abortion if Roe gets overturned or would like, you know, severely restrict um, when one could have an abortion. So they anticipate Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of new abortion cases in the city of Chicago from people outside the state having to travel to Chicago. And I guess historically, it's about 63% of abortions done in Chicago are from out of state. And thus far in 2022, it's up to 77% of the abortions done are from out of state travelers coming here to access the care. So 
I do feel like our role is kind of just continuing to help fund the abortion clinics around here so that um, people that need to travel here can can get access and maybe even help cover the travel expenses and you know the, the care itself when they do get here assuming their insurance doesn't cover it which probably won't yeah probably not can you imagine if the chicago wasn't an, an option if that just wasn't there it's just like it would be i don't know in the, what the next closest place is but i'm guaranteeing a lot of people wouldn't be able to get get to that spot right right because you're talking about having to take time off of work and it's not like you're traveling to the clinic in your community you're having to fly or drive hours and hours to another state so that's like a full day off of work so you're losing income potentially not to mention mm-hmm. if you have children you have to find child I mean there's like so many hoops that people are going to have to jump through already but you're right if Chicago wasn't here that would be even more hoops so I kind of at least feel empowered to understand how I can help. So I'm looking at setting up a recurring donation to the Chicago Abortion Fund so that um, yeah, I feel like I can do my part. Yeah, maybe I need to figure out what I can be doing in Florida because, you know, things can get hairy here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's an understatement. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that, you know, from what I understand, we're on the chopping block like it's not like oh we're definitely not gonna allow abortion here but you know Ron DeSantis he's a nutbag I don't know I don't know what could happen <laughs> honestly very true yeah uh I don't either and um it's yeah it's scary to think about but I'm sure more to come on that topic but today we are talking about femininity yes we are can I say femininity is hard to say I was just about (laughs) to actually say that that I had fear of saying the word and I still have fear of repeating the word throughout this episode because it's like a lot of in and in in it it's a very um finding Nemo moment when they're like an enemy and then an enemy but you know so forgive me if I pronounce it different every time I say the word just know you know what we mean when we when we botch it we're gonna say it wrong but you know what we mean right Right. they know uh so where do we want to start i mean we can start with what we think femininity is or what you know it's going to be different for everyone probably but i feel like the number one idea or is the probably the most stereotypical version of what femininity is yeah so i actually am preparing for this episode really struggled with the idea of defining this because it definitely carries a lot of like gendered stereotypes with it and Mm -hmm. trying to come up with a definition that wasn't like a gendered stereotype was really hard and it's actually I formulated some questions because I was so much thinking about the gendered component to this um so a lot of the questions I have uh, written down for you and I are related to that. But truthfully, I didn't come up with what I think is a good definition that, that doesn't somehow kind of include gender. But where I landed, I think, was that as my understanding of gender has evolved and I see it as a spectrum and not just a 
binary, you are a woman or you are a man. Um, I'm kind of seeing that perhaps femininity and masculinity can also be perhaps on a spectrum uh, and that you can have maybe more quote unquote stereotypical feminine traits or enjoy expressing yourself in what would be considered a feminine manner. Um, or you could land somewhere more in the middle, like a more androgynous type of expression. Or, you know, be, again, somewhere down further on the spectrum to be more masculine. But that's about where I landed. And I would love to hear if you have different thoughts, because I struggle with that. Um, I personally struggle with, like, defining femininity. But I feel like... I can perceive other people's version of femininity and it's going to be something very like womanly, something associated with like being dainty, um, you know, just like a softness almost that I think is associated with being feminine. The lesbian community really pigeonholes themselves in a certain aspect of this by identifying women as femme or mm. identifying women as mask now, as for masculine, um, mm. which really irritates me, you know, as a person who just can't seem to like fit in either group that is defined. I don't understand it, and, and most of it's bullshit anyway. So there's not really a good definition for femininity. It's just, it, it's, it's what you, I guess, feel for yourself. Yeah, and if you look up, like I did look in the dictionary, and basically the definition is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of women or girls. So it's really hard not to, again, get into some gendered stereotypes when you are thinking of femininity. Um, so I did want to ask you in relation to this, how you kind of understood femininity as a child because presumably like that concept is introduced to us again in that gendered way at a very young age so you know what were your thoughts on it did you feel like you want to aspire to be feminine did you struggle with that like but what was marinella child <laughs> marinella child <laughs> kid marinella uh marinella child was yeah uh I was not, um, I would not call myself a feminine girl when I was a kid at all. Um, there was tons of that thrust upon me. Like, my room was like pink head to toe, hearts, stars, baby dolls, just like all that stuff, which I didn't, I didn't hate at first but i it wasn't it wasn't like my thing that i would have picked for myself like if i had been given free range to like decorate my own room or pick my own clothes and stuff like that it was not going to be any of the stuff that was provided for me i was definitely like uh shorts and pants type of kid i didn't want to put dresses on i didn't like doing my hair i didn't like my hair being curled or any of that stuff and but that was like the standard in my house like my mom very much wanted that girly girl and to this day there's a bit of guilt placed upon me anytime she talks about like girly things and that's just her perception of 
femininity, I guess, is to be very prissy. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, you said girly girl, and that totally took me back to the 90s. That was such a term, a girly girl. Yeah. I was allowed to design my room, and tomboy Liz definitely picked blue. <laughs> my room had oh, man. blue painted walls. <laughs> But I was really into ponies, like I collected My Little Ponies, and I had like sheets that had unicorns on them. So I liked a lot of masculine, I mean, I hate to even say masculine colors. I don't know how colors have like a masculine or feminine, but. Green and blue. Yeah, I don't know. Those are for boys. I get it. Yeah. Right. I was somehow associated them and I enjoyed the color blue it was my favorite color as a kid um and but yeah I still also loved ponies and unicorns but I had Legos you know in certain ways I think I embraced some quote-unquote more masculine toys uh but I also think to some degree it was like a little more acceptable for a girl to be a tomboy. Like we had that term tomboy, right? And it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of crummy when I think about it now that like you would call a girl tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> identifies, like I identified as a girl. I just didn't like the girly girl things to use your term. So I got labeled as a tomboy. But I will say for young boys who wanted to enjoy feminine things, that just like was not acceptable. There was, I don't think, any room or tolerance for boys to do anything remotely feminine. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't remember a lot of that in my household. Like there's a couple home videos I have of my brother like strutting around in my mom's heels as like a real little kid. And yeah. them finding it to be, I guess, somewhat, I don't know if they found, they weren't scolding him or anything, but they weren't, like, laughing about it either, which if it was my kid, I'd be like, you know. Hilarious. That's funny, but I think it was just, like, ignore that. Don't don't say anything about it. Don't encourage the behavior. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it was. I don't know. I remember getting, like, a short haircut as, like, a 10-year-old. And just loving the shit out of it, like a short haircut and just being like, yes, finally, I don't have to fuck with my hair. Um, But my mother hated it so much because she said, like, you looked like a boy and I didn't care. Like, I didn't it didn't bother me, but it bothered her so much. And like to this day, if I'm like, I think I'm going to get like a short haircut one day. She's like, no, don't. You look terrible. And I'm just like, it'll just be me with short hair. What is your problem? (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I would love to see it I did do a short haircut we didn't know each other very well at that point but my senior year of high school my freshman year of college I like a short pixie haircut where like they shave the back you know they trim up your neck hair like they do with the boys when you uh have it really short I I think if I had it styled slightly differently, I might like it again. But I also don't know if I have a head for like a pixie haircut. I wanted to really love it, but I I I don't know if it fit me. I just want the liberation of just like not having some hair because I mean, you know, my hair, I've got like a mountain of hair. (laughs) And even if I cut it like 
oh, people are like, oh, just go shoulder length. I'm like, it's still a shitload of hair. You don't understand. It's like, and it's not you, something I desire to mess with. I just don't. I throw it up and I'm done. You but, do have a lot of hair. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot. I can yes. attest. Not body hair, by the way. I've been <laughs> I've been fortunate to not inherit that Italian gene. <laughs> Except for my but legs, because I stopped shaving them. <laughs> you do have really nice full eyebrows. Yeah. I'm a little jealous of your eyebrow game. Yeah, I gotta hold on to those puppies, hopefully, you know. When yeah. when my hair does then that might stick around. We'll see. It made me, though, thinking about childhood. Um, do you remember that Friends episode where Ross's son, Ben, is playing with Barbies and Ross is really upset and tries to get him to play with a G.I. Joe instead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it was so funny. I look back at it now, though, and I'm like, why doesn't he just play with the Barbies? It's totally okay, Ross. Like, let him have the Barbies. Yeah. Some of those 90s shows you do look back and you're like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, missed, right. miss. But you know, I I always say it's hard to judge something by like today's moral standards. Like, not that I'm trying to give it a pass, but um, it wasn't the moral standard at the time. The time was very much to give boys and girls gendered toys, and toys were very much marketed to us as kids as either a boy's toy or a girl's toy. Yeah, I would say that. If if there was a girl's toy that I did, like, enjoy, it was, like, having a baby doll. And I think that's just, like, I always... I would associate that with femininity, I guess, truly, mm-hmm. is, like, the nurturing aspects. Like, I feel like that's a feminine quality that men and women both have. Like, I just think it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because I agree with you that, like, nurturing and caring for a baby doll is a very feminine quality but something that I think very much anyone on the gender spectrum is capable of having and really Mm -hmm. should have if we've got a lot of men out there who are going to be dads be you know great if they've got a nurturing capability (laughs) yeah and I feel like that would be sexy to women too like if they had a a man in their life that had like the confidence to let that part shine and just be like nurturing towards their baby just like a mother would it'd be like whoo this is it (laughs) i feel like i can give proof of that so a friend of mine just had a baby in january and they are they're co-parenting together but they are not together as a couple so they split custody i was out with him on saturday i was like let's meet up and go for a walk with your son and so we had the strollers gorgeous day the amount of checkouts he got (laughs) while walking his son in the stroller even though he was followed behind by three women like me and two of our girlfriends all went out with him they paid us no attention and like point blank checked him out in front of us it was like yeah see there you go men (laughs) show a little nurturing side and trust me women will swoon the heterosexual women will swoon yeah maybe the homosexual ones too at this point i don't know (laughs) i don't know so i wanted to you know what term also came up to like i was reminded of his existence i don't know if this term is used anymore but it was popular when you and i were in college 
but the metrosexual. It was like men could finally care about their fashion and looks. It was still like within some limits to it. But, you know, like a man couldn't wear a skirt, but he could well like wear well tailored suit or outfit. Yeah. And groom himself. And yeah, it was like the permission they finally got to be because now I would never you would never hear somebody that was like a straight man that was like well groomed be called metrosexual. You'd just be like. Oh, that guy takes pride in what he looks like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's, he took a shower today. We're really happy for him. <laughs> I feel like the first metrosexual I knew was Chris Anzalone in college. So I'd like to just thank you for being a trendsetter in the grooming yes. arena. <laughs> yes, he was very, he always smelled very nice. I'll say that. He did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for leading the way for <laughs> for grooming for men. We're sure you were the first in the world. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so I've got another question that came up while I was uh, thinking about femininity. And mm-hmm. that is, what do you think the connection between femininity and beauty is? I think that it's associated that beauty is, beauty and femininity go together, like, um, I'm trying to think of like an example. Do you know who Sarah Ramirez is, the actress? Mm. She was in name she was in familiar. Grey's Anatomy. She was like part of like, mm. well, anyway. So she was very like feminine looking, and she was beautiful, long hair, flowy. But I think people found her to be very feminine, you know, and that and that. Um, with that exterior but like i think a few years ago maybe five or six years ago she um came out as non-binary and she like rocks a short haircut and she's got a more masculine look but Mm -hmm. she's still the same person that like you know married a man before and like she kind of carries herself the same way she just kind of changed how she looked where maybe there's less beauty associated with it so she's less feminine but it's like to me i look at her and i'm like she's just as feminine as before Mm-hmm. and as you were saying that it made me think of i feel like there are and i do think that there's something that's changing but historically i think that there have been certain beauty standards you know like the marilyn monroe of the 50s the you know uh what's her name kate uh i can't think of her name that was like really big in the 90s the british model um so there's like are we back to kate winslet no but her too (laughs) it's not your fault for the 70 year old population (laughs) but there's like standards of beauty right and i do think that those are closely linked with femininity like long hair comes to mind yeah women are expected to typically have long hair and I think that that is changing some and I think like what we conceive of as beautiful is starting starting to broaden some like we don't have such a narrow view Mm -hmm. I feel like historically you were kind of expected to look a certain way, maybe follow the trends of the time, do your hair a certain way, where, you know, kind of the makeup that makes you 
you know, accents your features, but isn't too over the top. And like those were all associated with like being the right type of woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I do feel like, though, what's held pretty firm with the standard of like what's feminine is having a rack and an ass. Like, I feel like that just consistently like that's still part of like what people think is feminine and then you can't help it that's what you're born with you could be the most feminine person on earth and god forbid you rock an a cup oh you're not really you're not very feminine you know that is such a good point i feel like that hourglass figure has been Mm -hmm. like the you know epitome of womanhood and femininity which i to your point we have no control over the body shape we're given i mean some control right like you can develop your muscles in certain places but as far as like the overall shape of your body or the size of your breasts unless you get cosmetic surgery that's just whatever life dealt you i mean think of like when someone is gonna perform drag like that's the first thing they are adding to their look yeah. You know, it's the first thing that women who identify as trans that want to get their breasts removed want to do because it's so associated with being feminine. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and I wonder too, again, if we're thinking of the term feminine being like qualities of a woman, mm-hmm. men, you know, people who are born male at birth with like male sex organs don't develop breasts in the way that people who are born with female sex organs develop breasts so that is kind of like this yeah to your point or to the point we've been discussing all along one of the most gendered examples but also probably the biggest example I can think of is like breast and cleavage and all of that is very feminine mm-hmm yeah hmm and I, I feel more feminine, I guess, by default, whenever something like that on my body looks more presentable. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, my butt looks good in these jeans. And I kind of feel like, oh, maybe I look more feminine in that way, as opposed to me throwing on a pair of sweatpants where it's like much more me, <laughs> much more. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good. I remember in college, I had this like, deep v dress and my breasts were so much perkier back then because you know gravity hadn't taken them over it's Uh, life yeah and i used to feel very feminine in that dress and i didn't wear dresses often but i felt like that thing hit me in the right place and just made me feel very womanly and it made me want to do my hair and put on makeup just kind of interesting if I had yeah. a dress that made me feel that way now, I'd probably still want to put on makeup and do my hair, but uh, I don't have one of those dresses in my wardrobe currently. <laughs> I don't have any in my wardrobe, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, how about, I guess on a similar note, what do you see as the connection between femininity and sexuality? Or no connection? Um... I do feel like, well, I don't know, I guess, like sexual orientation or having sex or what are we, what are we talking with sexuality? I kind of left that open-ended on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, like, I guess I would say that 
anytime I felt like I was going to be sexual with somebody, that they were either expecting me, and this could be because of, you know, lesbians just being who they are, they've predetermined whether or not I'm going to be more, like, submissive in bed versus aggressive. And that, to me, is like you're kind of typecasting me before anything happens based on how feminine you think that I am. Hmm. And I don't know. It gets kind of like I'm always in that in that space where it's kind of in between where, for instance, my last relationship, um, I guess upon first impression, because I have these strong eyebrows, because I dress plain, my last partner thought that I would be very like masculine and just like aggressive in bed. And I just am not like that. And she was. But in a sense, she kind of wanted me to, I guess, fulfill whatever she thought that idea was in her head of me. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it just didn't happen. I was like, I would be really, I don't know, I'd be outside of myself to do that. But there are those, I think, associations. Yeah. Can't judge a book by its cover, kids. No. Uh, but no. I agree, even in the heterosexual world, I i mean, any of my friends who know me know that I don't usually wear makeup. Um, I usually just wear my hair either up in like a bun or a ponytail, or if it's down, I have relatively straight hair, so it just <laughs> lays flat. <laughs> um, but if I'm going on a date, it's like I'm doing the, the mating courtship dance where I definitely... <laughs> typically put like curls or waves in my hair I will put on a little bit of makeup still probably not a ton by other people's standards but a lot for me um and I typically will dress in more feminine like clothes or you know quote unquote what would be deemed more feminine clothes uh but it's it's kind of interesting though because I think I don't know that that's where I feel my best. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of got me literally in, in real time as we're talking, thinking about why don't I go on dates and wear the things that make me feel my best? Because it'd actually be a little bit of a mix of things. Like I actually do like curling my hair and putting some loose waves in it but I wouldn't necessarily want to put on makeup. So it's like a, you know, it's kind of like a compromise. I like to do some of these things and they do make me feel really good. And then others don't really. I just, I think I just have always been in the habit of doing those things because it's what's expected of you in the heterosexual dating world. Yeah. It's almost like you have to like, I don't know. I don't ever like, I guess right now my hang up with, going on a date is that I want to be completely myself and I've been told a few times (laughs) that I don't try very hard to like you know present myself or whatever but I don't ever feel like I look like shit I just feel like that's how I feel comfortable that's I actually took take pride in how I look when I dress the way that I want and if the person that I meet doesn't like it then fuck them (laughs) I mean that's kind of where I'm at at this point Right. I mean, if you're putting on a show or a performance, essentially, for your dates, 
Mm-hmm. Is that real? They're not really getting to know the real you. And I think part of the real you is like how you express yourself through style and fashion and whether or not you wear makeup or how you do your hair. Like, I think that's all very much who the real you is. Yeah. And if I have to like try to be feminine to attract somebody who, you know, is looking for somebody feminine, then. I don't know. It just seems like it's too much work to like try to master that. Like either mm-hmm. way, I just it's a gray area. I'm coming back to that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting too when I think of so I was thinking of sexuality and like so for example, lingerie does make me feel sexy. Like if you buy a nice, you know, it makes me also feel feminine. And it is something that I enjoy doing. I don't wear it on a regular basis because it's not always the most comfortable. I'm typically a granny panty supporter on a you know mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. But um, wearing lingerie, which again, I think is typically thought of as being a feminine uh, outfit. Can you call it an outfit? I don't know. Whatever you would call lingerie. Clothing. Infit. It's for the indoors. <laughs> it's I thought you said infant at first. I'm like, well, now we're getting into an area that feels inappropriate. (laughs) But infant, I'm with you. Um, Yeah. Yes. That I think is considered feminine and it does make me feel like sexual or it makes me feel better about myself in sexual situations. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, but I have to assume that's not the case for all women. I'm sure there are women who don't actually find dressing in lingerie as something that's sexy or feminine to them. I would feel way out of my just comfort zone wearing lingerie. I guess. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I would like. I I don't know if I would like the other person to wear lingerie just for me if they enjoyed it. Absolutely, but. Hmm. I don't know if I would ever, I don't think I'd ever buy lingerie for somebody. I'd be like, that's on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You go get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they always tell you, you know, dress however you're most comfortable and confident for the bedroom. But I think there's also this other underlying message that it's like a little asterisk. But if you're a woman, the way you feel confident is lingerie. And it's like, that's maybe (laughs) not true. Yeah, I mean, mine's usually like, oh, really wasted. I feel very confident. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My liquid courage has hit. Yeah. Let's not do this sober. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I have a question for you. I guess this kind of goes back to the beauty one. Have you ever complimented a man? And I don't mean this in a relationship by any stretch, just like a friend or any man in your life. Uh, complimented them by saying they're beautiful. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I have a friend Alfio, and I've always just thought like, like he's just a beautiful man. He just is. He's like a, and he's not like beautiful in a conventional way. He just has like I think it is his confidence or something, and like the way he pre- presents himself. Um, he doesn't do anything that's like trendy i think he just does what he wants and i mean he's in good shape too that probably helps mm-hmm. but he you can tell he feels good about himself and he doesn't like 
I don't think he worries about like if he's being perceived as something. Mm-hmm. So he's a metrosexual man. Got it. Yes, he's a metrosexual. <laughs> um, and does- coincidentally, his his wife now, um, when he first met her, she had short hair, and she's like, everybody thinks I'm a lesbian. Everyone, like, I cannot go out anywhere without a woman fucking hitting on me. And she's like, and I don't care. It's just like, I have to convince these people that I'm straight. And I'm like, I would have thought you were a lesbian too. Because <laughs> she was like, very muscular, short hair. And her being with Alfio it was just like, oh man. Ah, that's so fascinating how much people, you know, like you see somebody's clothing the way they express themselves through clothing and their hairstyle or whatever and you I think all of us do it right our brain jumps to some assumptions about that person but before I forget and I don't want to get too long on this this tangent that I just started us down but what did Alfio say when you told him he was beautiful how did he receive it very calmly almost as if he'd probably heard it 3,000 times to be honest with you oh I love to hear that though because I yeah. I don't know that I've ever told a man he was beautiful. And I don't necessarily think I would get a bad reaction, but I could see some men being defensive about it because I think the term beautiful is a feminine term. And it's like I'm saying to them somehow they're like less masculine by calling them beautiful, which I don't think is actually true, but I could see some men having that belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, I'm trying to think about if I've called any other man beautiful. I don't know. I've, I've definitely complimented aspects of a man. Like, I, for example, my friend John has recently painted his fingernails, and he does this really beautiful, like, iridescent pink purple kind of color and I've told him that it looks beautiful but I don't know that I've ever said and I should say John would absolutely be ecstatic if I called him beautiful as well I think he'd be someone that'd be warm and receptive of that but I don't know that that's the case of all the men I've ever known (laughs) yeah no I'm gonna try it out I'm gonna even if I don't think they're beautiful I'm gonna try it I love that the first time you start giving like disingenuous compliments is to tell men they're beautiful when they're really not. I'm going to find the most repulsive person I can imagine and uh, go ahead and tell them that they're beautiful. Can you please report back and let me know how that goes? I'm doing God's work. So all over Chicago, there's actually art installations, and they're in all different neighborhoods that say you are beautiful, and they're like along fencing or painted on a, you know, wall somewhere. And I don't, I forget the backstory. I think at one point I looked it up, but anyways, they're all over the city. You'll see this just like scripted, you are beautiful. And again, I never thought, when I see the signs, I'm like, oh, how lovely, that just like brightens my day. But I never thought about it, and I'm now curious to ask, you know, some of, like, I think this is more typical of straight men who feel like they have to uphold some level of masculinity, 
quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be curious to ask them when they see the signs here in Chicago, do they think that it's speaking to them directly or do they just ignore the sign? Because I'm always like, oh my gosh, thank you, sign, for telling me I'm beautiful. Yeah, I wonder. They probably, they probably f- think it's more like, oh, to make women smile or something, but. Yeah, Ugh, very curious about this. When I was at the beach, there was a woman there that was um, in very good shape. I think I sent the picture to the group. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dog. Um, but there was another woman there that when she the, the woman was get, getting ready to leave, she was like, hey, I just want to let you know that you're beautiful. And the girl kind of just like snubbed it away. You know what I mean? So I think even women sometimes have trouble accepting that type of compliment. So Mm -hmm. it's only got to be, I don't know if it'd be tougher for men, but. Yeah, I don't know. I should have taken a poll before we did this episode. I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. That's all the men I know in Chicago, what they think of the signs. But if I do take a poll, I'll report back on that data. Okay, you do your end. I'll do mine. (laughs) Uh, well, I have one other question here, and I don't know if you have anything else you want to discuss, but the last question I have is, and I think you and I have both kind of hinted at this already, uh, do you lean into, you know, more feminine or more masculine presentation as far as like clothing and your look? Or how would you describe it? Maybe neither. I feel like my look is like androgynous like I like to wear like plain things I always have like just like a plain shirt that fits me in a well in a way that I feel confident in like like a good fitting shirt or like pants that are not like strangling me to death like those are types of things where I'm like I feel comfortable um so I don't know I guess that would be more masculine I mean, I could also, I feel like it's pretty androgynous. The women are, I think, revolting against this whole concept of, uh, you know, or at least the concept that women always had to wear skirts every single day into the office with, you know, pantyhose and heels. At least there's been some rebellion against that. Yeah. Uh, And a lot more women, I think, are embracing pants. And, you know, now that it's like COVID work from home, I think everyone's embraced sweatpants and like leggings and yoga pants. I I mean, I've put dresses on like to like satisfy people other than myself for like occasions. But Mm there is nothing on earth that would ever make me put on a skirt ever. I just don't understand. (laughs) Like oh, you want to wear a skirt so you have to have a a waistband and you have to, like, worry about shit down there? Like, why don't you just wear pants or shorts? I don't, why? But then I've been told, oh, skirts are really comfortable. Like, I like to wear skirts and dresses because they're comfortable. And I'm like, that must be because you feel comfortable how you look at them, too, though. Like, if I was just going to wear a dress for the physical comfort of it, like, I'm not going to be wearing a presentable dress. It's going to be, like... (laughs) A moo-moo, like, type of deal. Yes. I was going to say a moo-moo. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think I was actually going to propose to you we do a different episode completely on, like, our sense of fashion and style. Because mm-hmm. I would say, depending at what age you asked me this question, I leaned into either more feminine looks or more, like, androgynous or masculine looks. I think I'm currently at the 
don't give a fuck. I just want to be comfy phase of my life. But I do kind of want to get back into finding a style. I don't know what that would look like. But I feel like I haven't had my own sense of style in a while. And I would like that. Um, But in the past, there was definitely periods of time where I've really leaned into wearing skirts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like I did a little bit of my own unique twist with them. Like I would have um, shirts that had like printed phrases on them and then like a really like flowy, cute skirt. So I would, you know, I like my own little twist with it. It wasn't necessarily a traditional skirt dress outfit. Yeah, I think I can remember you wearing skirts somewhat now. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. only I've only seen you from the shoulders up for like a year at least, <laughs> so I'm starting to forget. I definitely always <laughs> have sweatpants on when I report the podcast. I can guarantee you that. Maybe shorts if it's been summertime, but that's it. <laughs> no full-length ball gown? That's too bad. Nope. <laughs> Not, unfortunately not. (laughs) I think my last thing that I would say that I would touch on for femininity is like some of the things that you are like taught about femininity. Like, I don't know if you took courses in in high school or, you know, middle school and like notice the demographic of certain things being more geared towards women and it being like a feminine thing to be in... um, home ec versus wood wood shop like i felt like i wanted to gravitate towards wood shop um but everyone was like pushing us into home ec and just like stuff like that or like family dynamics i don't know if you took that class where you like had the little robot baby but that class was a hundred percent girls there was not anything in there i'm not i not ever saw a man take that class or boy yeah that's a good point. I actually did take both. I took home ec, but I took shop. And I'd like to um, let everyone know, all the listeners, that we did a competition where we built bridge bridges to see uh, which ones could hold the most force. And we put them in this like machine where they, you know, push down on them. And mm-hmm. uh, I won. I beat everyone in seventh grade. My my structural engineering of that bridge it was like a toothpick bridge or something it was like little tiny pieces of wood uh oh i lost you yeah i don't know well that will be a you know probably awkward transition in the uh the editing room <laughs> listeners my my uh wi-fi just dropped our call so if you hear a sudden cut and then it goes to this little exchange here you now understand why yes uh but yeah i don't know if i ever remember seeing a guy in shop class or in uh home ec yeah in home ec i remember but that specific class in high school that family dynamics class was like that one and you knew like people talked about it since like the first year of high school like are you going to take the class where you get to make sure like you have the little robot baby and all the girls are like, yeah, I'm going to take it. Cause I think that's like a feminine thing, like back to the nurturing thing, but there were no boys in the class. I think maybe they'd be too like in a high school setting mortified to admit to wanting to know how to keep a baby alive. Yeah. Which is really a shame because you know, Again, there's a fair amount of heterosexual relationships in this world, and it shouldn't be all on the mother to keep the baby alive. 
Uh, also, I'm realizing when our call cut out, I miss it. That was the class you were talking about. I thought it was home ec. So, well, I did uh, mention home again, ec, but sorry, listeners, for the <laughs> clearly we did not hear each other very well and are talking about two different things on the podcast. Things just happen. It's okay. I failed that class. I uh, gee, well, I, yeah, kill the little robot baby. How do you fail that? I class? Uh, place the child on the hood of my friend's car, um, and the. And the, the car did move. And I did pick up the baby, but after I hit the floor. And then later when they like look at the registration on the baby, she was like, your baby died of head trauma. Like I killed the baby. <laughs> and my baby was also in the middle of a hallway fight between my cousin Sabrina and her best friend at the time. And that baby got in the middle of that. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just... I think the moral of the story is my friends were trash in high school. <laughs> and I'm so glad I have better ones now that I can trust my theoretical baby with. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this entire story. I, um, I did not take that class in high school. And I'm sad to report I, you know, don't have any dead baby stories dead robot babies not real dead babies yeah 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 yeah. stories yeah well that's how you end femininity (laughs) that's how you do it folks (laughs) (laughs) ah well i'll see you tomorrow on the wordle marinello and i'll see see you on the wordle or we'll i always keep saying we'll see i keep meaning to say we'll catch listeners next week We'll catch them we'll like catch Pokemon. Em. <laughs> catch them all. And not like the robot baby that you let fall to the ground. <laughs> Out. I'm so sorry. Uh, see ya. <laughs>